Wow, she sounds like Billie Holiday. Of course, I guess everyone in the 20s sounded like Billie Holiday because they're all being recorded on a crappy microphone that's like one spring in an empty can of beans. Anyway, that copyright expired song is Hard Hearted Hannah, The Vamp of Savannah, as sung by Margaret Young. I found out from the Wikipedia page, apparently somebody sang Hard Hearted Hannah, The Vamp of Savannah, in the finals of season one of American Idol, and guess what? They were eliminated. Yeah, everyone loves the original Margaret Young version. Any version you sing isn't going to sound as good as the Margaret Young version. I'll bet whoever sang it couldn't recreate the uh, warbling, tinny sound that we love so much from the original. Anyway, hello, I'm Jeff Maurer. You're listening to the audio version of I Might Be Wrong. Odds are you were looking for the Radiohead song called I Might Be Wrong that this newsletter and podcast are named for. But too late, you found this. That is the grift I'm running. But I do want to remind you that you can find all of my columns, including but not limited to the one that I'm going to read today, on my substack, which is called, one more time, I Might Be Wrong. Let's do today's column. Today's column is called Slack in the Age of Employee Mutiny. I wanted to write this one because it seems like this phenomenon of younger employees rebelling against the direction of the company and sort of demanding that the company move in a certain direction, that seems pretty new. And it seems like it's worth asking why that's happening. And I'm sure there are a number of factors, but I do think one of the factors, not the factor, but one of the factors is probably Slack, which is software if you haven't used it, Slack and other instant messaging software that I think is probably another case of technology changing the world. It is probably changing the dynamic in offices across the country and across the world. So here we go. Slack in the age of employee mutiny. As far as I can tell, non-labor issue employee mutinies are a recent phenomenon. I can't think of examples from the past. I don't know of any walkouts, for example, over Rush Limbaugh's TV show in the 90s, or a movement inside the Washington Post back in the day to purge Charles Krauthammer. I thought I remembered a revolt by ice cream truck drivers, but then when I thought about it more, I realized, no, that was just a Smashing Pumpkins video. There's a reference for all you early millennials and literally nobody else. So I can't think of any old examples, but employee mutinies are suddenly all the rage. Within the past 16 months, there have been two grassroots revolts at the New York Times over James Bennett and Don McNeil. And then there have also been ones at New York Magazine, at Gimlet's Reply All. Apple had one, Google had one, Coinbase had one, Basecamp had one. And then, of course, there's Netflix. They're in turmoil right now over Dave Chappelle's new special. The nadir of that dust-up, and possibly of all human existence, happened at an employee walkout Wednesday of last week. And in the column, I've embedded a video that you really should look up. You can find it on YouTube. It's called Protesters Attack Man with We Like Dave Sign. And the altercation in that video might actually be the best possible argument against fighting climate change, because I defy you to watch this clip and not think, humanity's done, let's just end it now, burn it all down. In 
the few moments these days when companies are not experiencing a twerp push, and I put twerp push in caps and link to an article in which I write about the rise of the twerps. You can find that in the archive. When companies aren't experiencing a twerp push, they are living in fear of one. Dread of a kitty coo was an obvious driver behind those really weird corporate social justice statements from last summer. Back when, if you were wondering, what is Little Debbie Snack Cakes think about police violence? You had all your questions answered. Axios reporter Lachlan Marquet recently tweeted, the thing that all of us on some level already knew. And I'm going to read this Lachlan Marquet tweet, and I'm going to do it in a Scottish accent. What the hell? I don't even know if he's Scottish, but the name sounds Scottish. I'm going to do it, and I'm jumping into this accent with both feet. Here we go. Netflix is illustrating what every government relations executive will tell you, usually off the record. Large companies publicly weighing in on hot-button social issues are responding to pressure, not from customers, investors, policymakers, media, or the general public, but from their own employees. If there's a Scottish version of the Anti-Defamation League, you can contact me through I Might Be Wrong. There's a link for contact, so use that. I expect to hear from you soon. Anyway, what is causing this phenomenon? Why does every company suddenly feel like the moment in a sci-fi movie right before the robots rise up? There are several things you could point to. The increased prevalence of the silence is violence mentality, the development of a coddling attitude among management, or a new generation that values bringing their quote-unquote whole selves to work. Any or all of these variables might be at play, but I'd like to offer another possible explanation. Slack. Slack is messaging software that is suddenly everywhere in the white-collar world. 600,000 offices use Slack. Several of the mutinies I listed above started on Slack. I think it's entirely possible that Slack is fanning the flames of a social dynamic that makes employee revolts more likely. Slack, if you're not familiar, is software invented by Satan to make sure work never ends. It is 25% email, 25% instant messaging, 25% dystopian tracking software, and 25% phone circle populated by the meanest girls from your high school. Each new message, which comes to both your computer and your phone at the same time, so it's basically woof from the office, if you remember that joke, each message is accompanied by uh, the sound is kind of a shk that you will come to dread the way Squid Game contestants came to dread the Blue Danube Waltz. Though you can mute notifications. It's easy. Just go into settings then notifications, and then go to never get promoted and turn the slider to on. Conversations on Slack are divided into channels. So you might have channels called, say, marketing team, or dog owners, or party planning. Though more accurate names would probably be people aggressively looking for their next job, or not safe for work clips, or gang up on Beth. In my experience, that's how it's actually used. Anyway, before long, these channels will divide your office into factions that will make the Middle East look like a cuddle orgy. The channels make it easier than email to slide in and out of groups. 
And it's also different from email in that it's more rapid fire. It resembles an actual conversation, albeit a conversation in which everyone's talking at once. And because everyone's typing quickly, the word the is spelled T-E-H about 40% of the time. Slack, of course, has legitimate uses, specifically shit talk. The interface allows you to quickly and seamlessly create Machiavellian alliances that will shred your office's social fabric to ribbons. You can create channels secretly and invite people privately, which provides the cover you need to build your sleeper cell of disgruntled peons. Of course, the whole thing is stored on a server, so do remember you're also handing your employer blackmail material that will be used against you when the shit hits the fan. As is the case with any group, the loudest voices on Slack dominate. People who agree with those voices speak up, and those who disagree keep quiet or leave. This, of course, is how groupthink develops. Social media's interactive functions, like the like button, turbocharge groupthink, and Slack has that function in the form of emojis. People can respond to a message with an emoji. More emojis equals more social credit. It's deeply pathetic what human beings will do for a thumbs-up emoji, but apparently our beliefs can be altered by a little yellow hand. To my deep, deep shame, I once thumbed up the message, OMG, This Is Us comes back tonight. So excited! I just wanted to be part of the group. I just wanted to be part of the group. So it's easy to see how political discussions in particular can gain momentum fast in that environment. And political discussions centered around identity will grow fast as of all. Speaking as a white liberal for a moment. Actually, I'm always speaking as a white liberal, but especially right now. If you think I would ever, in a billion lifetimes, contradict a coworker from a marginalized group speaking about an issue that directly affects that group, then you are out of your goddamn fucking mind. Even I, who has been known to piss on a third rail from time to time, especially now that I'm on Substack, am going to respond to literally anything that person says with as many thumbs up and hands clapping emojis as the software will allow. The person could say, as a trans woman, nothing's more important to me than being able to blame my subway farts on a homeless guy. And I will react to that statement like it is the motherfucking I have a dream speech. It's hard to think of what would slow down a revolt centered on identity issues once it gets going. Are overwhelmingly progressive employees going to tap the brakes on a movement ostensibly benefiting a marginalized group? That seems unlikely. Are the quieter members of a Slack channel going to stand up to the vocal ones? That's not really their MO. Will people swallow their frustration out of respect for management? No, nobody on earth likes their boss. The biggest limiting factor, in many cases, is probably fear of consequences. But of the many revolts we've seen, Only Coinbase and Basecamp, by far the two smallest companies we've talked about, only those two said, okay, here's the severance package you can take. All of the others acquiesced or muddled through. We're increasingly aware of how software 
affects our politics. The idea that Twitter and Facebook are driving polarization is, by now, a banal observation. It seems likely that Slack is affecting the work world in similar ways. It facilitates the formation of groups and enhances the ability of passionate voices within those groups to drive the conversation. When you combine that with the other dynamics I've mentioned, for example, a viewpoint that sees inaction as literal violence and a generation that feels strongly about bringing their political views, not to mention their dogs, by the way, to work with them, periodic revolts seem basically inevitable. Personally, I'm agnostic as to whether these revolts are good or bad. It really depends on the revolt. Maybe employees at Philip Morris in the 60s should have staged a walkout, and maybe they thought about it, but since they were smokers, they didn't want to climb the stairs. Either way, building a movement through a months-long whisper campaign is a radically different project than whipping up a frenzy on Slack in a day or a week. Old-school union organizers would have killed for that kind of organizing capability, though, to be fair, old-school union organizers would kill for just about anything. They liked to murder. That's the truth of union history. I'm in a union. Solidarity. Anyway, it's yet to be seen if the era of the twerp push is transitory or permanent. It seems unlikely that whatever white-collar nerdery is next up to bat will hire a bunch of old-school union busters and start cracking skulls. That, after all, that would be a whole HR thing. But as it stands, Slack is ascendant, so it will probably continue to shape the social dynamic within companies, which is to say, it will continue to basically recreate the conditions of an old sailing ship in which the crew is crammed together out of earshot of the captain. And in that environment, the occasional mutiny seems basically inevitable. And that's the column. That's kind of a dark, dystopian technology. I wonder if they'd make a Black Mirror episode about Slack. I'd watch that. Black Mirror is awesome. Anyway, if I'm not shut down soon by the Scottish Anti-Defamation League, I'll be back next week with another column. And if there is a Scottish Anti-Defamation League, guys, you can't let the accent that I did slide. I was basically doing the equivalent of Mickey Rooney's Japanese accent in Breakfast at Tiffany's. But if I'm not brought to heel by Highland Justice, then I will be back next week with another column. Uh, you can find this column and many, many others on my Substack. It's called I Might Be Wrong. That's imightbewrong.substack.com. Please check it out and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.